0: Chapter number four, verse seven, is where we're going to read from this morning, and uh, I'm going to do something that is out of the really the ordinary for me, and I, I talked to Brother Eddie the other day, and uh, just shared with him where the Lord was leading me for this morning, and I, I'm just, I'm not a big end times preacher. I love studying end times, I love um, knowing what's going to happen in the future, but I feel like my calling is to preach Jesus, to preach the Holy Ghost, to get people saved, to get them full of the Spirit of God. And if you do those two things, then the end times is going to take care of itself. Amen. You keep living for Jesus. You don't have to fear what's coming. You don't have to live in in chaos trying to wonder what's going to happen next. We have the Word of God. And, uh, you know, I'm just looking at this and there's, some, and I'm, I'm putting off and throwing rocks at no preacher, That there's uh, a lot of individuals that uh, try to fit every current event into biblical prophecy. Every little thing that happens comes up. They try to fit a square peg into a round hole. And if we're not careful, you try to fit current events into a timeline that God has not, you know, that, that's not his plan, that's not, uh, that's not his will. And if you're not careful, you desensitize people to what really is in the word of God, to where you hear, well, I've, I've heard that message all my life. This preacher said this, this was a sign of the end, and, and that was 20 years ago when life has continued on as it, as it is, and that had no relevance. Well, in some aspects, they're right. You're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole and make every little thing into line up with biblical prophecy and that's not how uh, God intended it to go but make no mistake, God has given us a plan. Yes. God has given us his word yes. and you can't at the risk of uh, you know trying to fit a square peg in the round hole when you want to be, preach biblical prophecy you preach the word of God. Yes. You don't try to fit current events into biblical prophecy. You preach the word of God and you run a parallel with where we are and you can see how they line up for themselves. And uh, my, my heart is heavy uh, this morning to, to just preach with you uh, what he's laid upon our hearts. And uh, I'm going to stick close to my notes this morning because I can tell you God has been uh, dealing with me quite a bit. I've got uh, a lot to say in a short time to say it in. But 1 Peter chapter number 4 verse 7. Uh, Peter writing to the church says, But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. The end of all things is at hand. What? Or be sober. Watch unto prayer. I want to preach as the Lord has dealt with my heart this week very, very, very strongly. On this thought, just how close to the end are we? Peter said here almost 2,000 years ago that the end of all things is at hand. And that was 2,000 years ago. And if it was true then, if Peter was truly inspired by the Holy Ghost, which we know that he was, and he's preaching to the church the end of all things are at hand, how much closer are we today? How much closer are we to the end of the age, the coming of the Lord? I can tell you, folks, we're close. We are close. Amen. And I want to deal with that this morning. Just how close to the end are we? Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking for your unction, for your anointing, for your empowerment this morning. God, as you have talked to me, I prayed this morning you would talk through me. I have no giftings, no talents, no abilities outside of you, but with you, by you, through You, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, not because of my own work, but because of yours. I'm asking, oh God, touch every heart. God, those that are in this building this morning, those that are watching by way of live stream, I'm asking, God, if there's anybody lost, that eyes could be open this morning. If there's anybody lukewarm, that's grown indifferent in their walk with you, that today could be a return. I'm asking, oh God, that the church sober up, that we look up, oh God, under prayer, do a work in us that only we can do. For the end of all things is at hand. In Jesus' name we pray it. And the church said amen. Amen. And amen. Amen. We're living in the last moments of the church age. And that is a very profound thing to say. Amen. And if we were to try to pinpoint a day and a time of when the Lord is going to come. Don't even try. And I can tell you if anybody comes preaching to you that there's a the Lord is coming on this day then mark him a heretic and count him accursed amen. amen because he's preaching a doctrine of devils and lies because the very word of God tells us in verse number 36 of Matthew 24 but of that day no man knoweth the hour not the angels in heaven but my father only you know there's only one uh, heavenly entity that knows when the, the age is going to end and that is God the Father. But while we do not know the day, while we do not know the time, the Word of God also says that there would be signs. That there would be signs that we could look for. And we can find that in Matthew 24, verse number 3. When the disciples came to Jesus on the Mount of Olives and they came unto Him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered them. He didn't rebuke them. He didn't uh, uh, tell them to hold their peace. But he, he showed them what the signs would be. He said, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying I am Christ, and shall deceive many. You shall hear wars and rumors of war, See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines. And pestilences and earthquakes and divers places and all these things are the beginning of sorrow. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound the love of many shall wax cold that he that shall endure unto the end. The Bible says the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations and then shall the end come. These are the signs that the Lord has showed the church and showed that we can look to and know what the, the signs of the end of the age is. I want to deal with those signs today and I want to look spiritually at the signs that God has given us I want us to look socially at the signs that God has given us. And I want us to look scientifically at the signs that God has given us. You know, there's a lot of people that say, Amen, I'm not a believer of religion. I believe science. We've heard that phrase used over the past three years to trust the science. And they say that uh, to try to put science on a pedestal and facts and scientific things on a pedestal and not faith and not religion. Well, I want to deal with that this morning because scientifically, I mean, God has given us signs that we can look for to know that the end of the age is coming. But in the first thing, uh, in dealing spiritually, what are the signs uh, of the last days? Jesus answered and told us. uh, He said that deception is going to be a major sign In the last of the last days. And he's not dealing with the world here. I want you to notice the terminology that he used. The disciples came to Christ. Asked him what's going to be the signs of the end of the age. And he said take heed that no man deceive you. He wasn't preaching to the lost. He wasn't preaching to those outside of the household of faith, but he's dealing with the 12 individuals that were the closest to him, which was a representative of the church. He said, take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, in my authority, saying I am Christ, and shall deceive many. He said, many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound the love of many shall wax cold. There were four things spiritually that he dealt with. With and The first of which here was deception. He's not dealing with the world and the world being deceived. But instead he's dealing with the church. He's talking to the chosen twelve. And he's saying deception is going to grip the church. And you better be vigilant and on guard. For many shall come in my name. Saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. In other words, uh, people are going to come in my authority and they are going to say, I am a Christian. I am a believer. And the Bible said, uh, amen, that they shall deceive many. As we take a glance at the church age, we can see that deception is ever before us. Amen. In Houston, Texas, 25 to 30,000 people are going to fill an auditorium and listen to a preacher uh, that has said, uh, I don't preach on the blood. I don't preach on the cross. Uh, I don't preach on repentance. Uh, Amen. I want people to feel good about themselves. uh, And I want them to live their best life. Now, you mark it down. uh, Amen. That's deception. That's deception and being uh, deceived. Amen. There's a hotshot preacher this morning. uh, That has gone on and has the audacity to say. uh, That there are times uh, that God calls him up to heaven. uh, So that he can be an encouragement and a comfort for God. uh, Because there's times when God uh, gets depressed. Uh, You mean to tell me that the God of all peace. uh, And the God of all comfort. uh, Amen. Needs any of us uh, to try to comfort him and wax him out of depression depression I'm telling you that man is deceived but what's so sad about it is he's brought in over 50 million dollars preaching this deception now he's on a lobbying campaign I mean for a new jet and a new plane and there's people crazy enough to give them their money what is it I can tell you it's deception. Being deceived. Amen. I don't have time to get all into all of that. I'm not here to cast stones this morning. But I am here to prove to you a point. By the word of God. That deception in the last days. Is going to grip the church age. Reformed theology and Calvinism. Amen. Is making fresh inroads. Amen. At, at record rampant pace. Amen. Oneness theology is creeping in. Amen. To many of our fellowships and churches. But you hear me just because it shouts. Just because it speaks in tongues Just because it sounds flattering and flourishing Does not mean it's of God Folks you better try the spirit To see whether it be of God or not Not to be tossed about with every wind of doctrine But to know what you believe Know why you believe it Know what the word says Know what the spirit bears witness with If not the very elect Can and will be deceived Perception is going to grasp. Amen the world. Oh God help us this morning. For the Bible says in 2 Timothy 4 for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but after their own lust he for themselves teachers having itching ears. Notice they're not going to seek out preachers to preach the word of God and thunder what thus saith the Lord. They're going to heap for themselves teachers that will water the word down. Don't get anointed but they're going to teach and prophesy what they want to hear, God help us. And you may ask, why is that? You hear this preacher, amen. God will give people what they want. If you want that, God will let you have it. You hear me, deception and false teachers. The Bible says, uh, amen, that false prophets, uh, amen, are going to rise and shall deceive many. Uh, false prophets uh, are the judgment of God uh, on a backslidden country, a uh, uh, blackslidden people. Uh, amen. God will give them what they want. Uh, a teacher who prophesies smooth things, uh, not a preacher that thunders God's word. Uh, amen. We better be careful uh, what we eat. Uh, in the physical, uh, you're not going to go to something that's going to make you sick, then why in the name of God are we going to listen to preachers that are preaching poison into our spirits because we like what they say? My God, we've got to wake up and shake ourselves or we too will be deceived. Amen. Jesus said not only would deception grip the world, but he said spiritual kingdoms would be at war. We're going to deal with this in just a minute. Nation is going to rise against nation. But then he goes on to say the kingdom against kingdom. In this verse, we see two dimensions. We see the physical dimension of nation rising against nation. But we also see a spiritual dimension of kingdom against kingdom. The spirit, amen, of darkness. Fighting against the spirit uh, of light. Uh, fighting against the church. Uh, I can tell you folks, it seems like uh, the heat of spiritual battles. Uh, and then it feels like we're the three Hebrew children uh, and Nebuchadnezzar has heated up the fire seven times hotter. Uh, it seems like everywhere you turn, uh, the church is in a pressure cooker uh, with opposition. Uh, oh God, help us with uh, with, with all kind of uh, tribulations coming against the spiritual attacks, uh, against the pride, or unrelenting and seems to be on every side I can tell you I got to the point recently uh, where I didn't even want to answer the phone every phone call bad news Every phone call. Amen. It just seems like it, the, the world and is coming against you. What is it? I can tell you it's spiritual warfare. It's spiritual conquest. It's kingdom against kingdom. It's light against darkness. Amen. It's the spirit of hell fighting against the spirit of Christ. But you hear this preacher. Amen. It's the word of God being fulfilled. Because in Daniel chapter number seven, this is speaking of the Antichrist that is to come. He's going to speak word what great words against the most high and he shall wear out the saints of the most high I know that's talking in the tribulation period but you hear me the word of God also says in 1st John little children it is the last time and you've heard that antichrist shall come but even now there are many antichrists that are working in this world and I can tell you the spirit of antichrist is gripping this age and it is doing everything that it can to wear out the saints uh, because kingdom uh, is fighting uh, against kingdom. This is one of the reasons uh, probably the main reason why you're going through what you're going through. and all out spiritual assault of light versus darkness good versus evil righteous versus unrighteous but the word of God tells us this would be a condition a spiritual condition of the end times. But Jesus went on to say, and then he didn't stop there. He went on to say that iniquity would abound. I looked up that word iniquity in the Greek, which was what the New Testament was originally written in. And that word iniquity means the condition of being without law. said that there would be many given over to lawlessness. There would be many yielding themselves and walking around with no law. There are two reasons for that. Number one, people are ignorant of the law. They walk ignorantly. And I can tell you many are ignorant of the basic principles of the Bible and the moral law of conduct and ethics of the Word of God. You hear this preacher, America is quickly becoming a post-Christian society. And go in the way of secular Europe. Amen. Many are ignorant to the moral law of God. Amen. And they are giving themselves over to iniquity. But you hear me iniquity is no excuse. Ignorance is no excuse For the Bible tells us in Acts 17 The times of ignorance God weeped at, In that old covenant He said but now commandeth all men Everywhere to repent Listen we have the word of God We have the spirit of God And on the day of judgment You and I will not be able to plead ignorance We're not going to say We didn't know Amen. He's going to reject you and say You've got the law You've got the prophets You've got my word you had my spirit you are without excuse I can tell you ignorance is no excuse for walking in iniquity Amen. Amen. so we have those that are walking in iniquity because of ignorance listen what I, I I had to learn several years ago especially preaching to our young people and youth I would fly brother Homer right over their head But I quickly realized that I was taking for granted that they knew the story of Jonah and the whale. I took for granted that they knew about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But we have a generation, and I don't say this, it breaks my heart to say this, but we've raised a generation that is biblically illiterate. You cannot take for granted that they know anything in the word of God. But you've got to start at the basics and build your way up to explaining the word of God to them. What happened? What's happening? This generation has been gripped by iniquity. Many are ignorant of the word of God. And it's not their fault. It's the mamas and daddies' fault that think softball is more important. uh, travel ball is more important. uh, And we can run all over the country uh, and we neglect them in the house of God. uh, Amen. We neglect them in Sunday school and children's church. uh, And we're raising a generation uh, that knows not the Lord. Iniquity shall abound. You've got some that are ignorant of the law of God. But then you have some walking in iniquity or willful disobedience and defiance to the Word of God. And we're living in a generation today where many know the law of God. They just don't care about the law of God. We saw this play out on the halls of the United States Congress. When the uh, Congress was in debate and Greg Stubbe of Florida He criticized the Equality Act, which was trying to push legitimacy for homosexuality. And on the halls of Congress, he said this, The gender confusion that exists in our culture today is a clear rejection of God's good design. Whenever a nation's laws no longer reflect the standards of God, that nation is rebellion against Him and will inevitably bear the consequences And it was at that moment uh, that Jerry Nadler, the Democrat from New York, uh, said, "Mr. Stuby, what any religious tradition describes as God's will is no concern uh, of the United States Congress. If anybody should know what the moral law of God was, Jerry Nadler is a Jew. He knows." They are supposed to know the Old Testament law and the covenant. But he, balling his fist in the face of God, Amen says, Ah, it does not matter what the law of God says. The law of God has no place in the halls of the United States Congress. What's he doing? He's living in iniquity. He knows the law of God, but he does not regard it. Oh, church, amen, there's untold millions just like him. Amen, millions like him today. Raised in church, know the law of God But just don't care About the law of God It is a sign of the last day That iniquity shall abound Amen. And then Jesus went on to say Many would grow cold Amen God help us Paul writing to Timothy said beseech your brother and mother coming of the Lord by the gathering unto him That you will not soon be shaken in mind or troubled let no man deceive you by any means, for at that day shall not come, except there come a fallen away first. I read this article and it broke my heart. In a recent NPR segment, it was stated that U.S. Christianity and its majority has been shrinking for decades. That the Pew Research Center study showed that as of 2020, about 64% of Americans identify as Christians. 50 years ago, that number was over 90%. Over 90% of our country was professing Christians 50 years ago. And in the span of one generation, it's down to 64%. If this trend continues, by the year 2070, only 35 to 40% of the United States population will profess Christianity in some form. If you don't think we're in a falling away, and you don't think the nation as we see it is backsliding right before our eyes, then we better wake ourselves up. And the sad thing is, is that according to the Christian the Pew Research Center, that while Christianity is shrinking, every other world religion is growing. Islam is on the rise. Buddhism is on the rise. Different segments, worshiping false gods while the true worship of Jehovah is declining. uh, The the worship of other false deities uh, is increasing uh, and uh, atheism and agnosticism uh, is growing. It leaps and bounds. What's happening? uh, We are in that day. The love of many is waxing cold. Spiritually signs of the end. Socially, there were, there are signs that we are living in the last days. In Matthew 24, verse 38, Jesus said this, For in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be The flood is a type and a symbol of the rapture that is to come. Oh, that is a type. Make no mistake about it. And the only ones that are going to make it out are those that are anchored in the ark. Those that are in the ark of safety, which is a representation of the Lord, Jesus Christ. But in the flood in Genesis chapter 6, only eight people made it out alive. You ask, how was that? The Bible tells us. Their minds were on evil continuously. Listen, when you hear what took place two weeks ago in Israel, when they ripped open expected mothers and decapitated, that evil, you have to be be devil-possessed to do something like that. Amen, what you see going on and being played out. Amen, even in our court and judicial system, I can tell you, it's an age. Amen, where men's minds are on evil continually. God help us. And Jesus said, that's going to be a sign of the end. The same way in Genesis 6, when their minds were depraved and on only evil continually. It's going to be the exact same. At the end of the age, men's minds are going to harp on evil. Socially, there are signs to look for in the last day, the word of God being fulfilled. But not only that, amen, he said as well that it would be also like in the days of Lot. We know what Lot's day was given over to. Militant homosexuality. Man with man. Women for women. Down to the point where Lot was so degenerate. That he offered up his own daughters, Amen. To a mob of people. But they shooed them aside. Because they wanted to get with the men. That were in the house of Lot. Militant homosexuality marked their day in Lot. But Jesus said as it was in the days of Lot. It's also going to be at the coming of the son of man that spirit is going to once again grip the age and my God are we there my heart broke I don't even know if I can make it through this you probably heard about the song within the last year from the San Francisco gay choir I'd heard about it when the Lord laid this scripture on my heart, the light bulb went off. And I remember that song. And I remember different people talking about it. And I looked up the lyrics to the song. It started in San Francisco as a song of satire. But it began sweeping across the country into various gay communities. And gay choirs began picking it up. And the lyrics of this, and it breaks my heart to even read it. But I want to show you how sick. Amen, the world has become. Amen, they said, you think that we're sinful and you fight against our rights. You say that we all lead lives that you cannot respect, but you're just frightened. You think that we'll corrupt your kids. If our agenda goes unchecked funny just this once, you are correct. They said, we will convert your children. Happens bit by bit, quietly and subtly. You will barely notice it. We will convert your children. We'll make them tolerant and fair. We'll convert your children reaching one and all. There really is no escaping it. We're coming for them. We're coming for your children. We're coming for them. We're coming for them. We're coming for your children. For your children. My God. God. This fight never has been about acceptance and tolerance. It never has been about gaining equal rights, but it was plotted in the pit of hell and then to indoctrinate a generation never has been about tolerance, but it's about recruiting. Amen. This mass militant army, it's time that the church stands up against us and said, as for me and my house, you're not going to have one." I plead the blood. I plead the blood. If you come Uh, For them, uh, we're coming for you, uh, not with a gun, uh, amen, but with a sword uh, of the spirit, uh, with the shield of the faith. uh, And we're going to fight you tooth and toenail. God, help us. There's a spirit of the age, but Jesus said socially, you can look for it as it was in the days of what? so shall it also be the coming of the Son of Man. But not just socially, issues domestically. Amen. There's many more that I could preach on. But socially around this world, right now in Israel, The Middle East and the world is on a powder keg. Amen. Just waiting for the spark. This going to erupt it. He said globally you can look for signs. He said in Matthew 24 verse 6. You shall hear wars and rumors of war. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation. Amen. You can look at Ezekiel 37. I believe that we are living on the precipice of Ezekiel's war in Ezekiel 37. Amen. I believe that as we see this playing out in our land today, the Bible has given us a play-by-play breakdown of exactly what's going to happen, of who the major players are going to be, of what the end result is going to be. He said that Israel is going to be a nation that's going to be reborn. And May 14, 1948, the nation of Israel was born in a day just as Isaiah 66 and 8 said. And a nation that is about the size of the Florida Panhandle. That's about 290 miles north to south. 85 miles at its widest point east to west. Has drawn the bullseye of hell. And many nations against it. And there's a coalition that is going to come against it. And I believe we are in the pre-dawn hours of that very coalition coming to pass. For he said in Ezekiel 38, The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog in the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and of Tubal, and prophesy against him. And say, Thus said the Lord, Behold, I am against thee, O god, the chief priest of Meshach and Tubal. And I will turn thee back and put hooks in the jaw, and will bring thee forth, and all that army of horses and horsemen all of them that are clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords, Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya with them, all of them with shield and with helmet, Gomer and all of his bands, and the house of the Garm of the north quarters, and all of his bands and many people with thee. I know that those names may not mean a whole lot and strike a chord with us, but those were the names of the bands of people in Ezekiel's day but we know them in our day as different names, but it's the same players. Uh, Amen. Uh, Magog, Meshach, and Tubal were all of the sons of Japheth, who was the three sons of Noah. And Japheth and his uh, formally migrated to the area of modern-day Russia. Gog is a person who rules over the land of Magog, which is uh, Russia. Magog means and is interpreted the prince uh, of Rosh. And Rosh is the old word for the land of Russia. And God informs Gog and Magog, uh, in Russia, He says, "You're going to come from the north to the place. Uh, amen, and you're going to come against Egypt. Or, excuse me Israel. You're going to have Meshach. Uh, Meshach is the old name for the capital of Western Russia, which is today known uh, as Moscow. Tubal is identified as a city in Siberia. So we know who Gog and we know who Magog is. But in 5 and 6 of Ezekiel 38, there's another coalition. Amen. He says uh, that uh, it's going to be the king of the south Persia. Cush and Put will be with them and all the shields and helmets. Gomer with all of its troops. And then Persia is a reference to modern day Iran. Cush represents Ethiopia or the Muslim uh, black nations of Central Africa and Libya we know are located in northern Africa. Gomer is the people who settle in Germany and Beth Togorma is an Asia Minor and Turkey. For the first time in human history every one of those countries save Germany has yoked together in a military coalition and today they have all come out and made statements against the nation of Israel. Germany has not yet gone to that state. But while they're not involved militarily right now with this coalition, economically they are in bed with them. Germany signed the Nord Stream Pipeline Agreement. Germany's people were freezing to death because uh, they were running out of energy sources uh, and they had to get that natural gas and oil from somewhere so what did they do? They yoked up with Gog and Magog. Uh, they yoked up with them in Russia. Russia is pumping uh, millions upon mill- millions of barrels of oil uh, into Germany right now. Amen. Uh, I it doesn't take the stretch very far. Amen. Uh, I to see. Amen. Uh, I if uh, if uh, my energy gets cut off amen, uh, I and my people are going to die, I Got to do something to stay in power. Amen. They could be picking up swords and rifles tomorrow in bed with a coalition of Iran, amen, of Turkey, of Russia, of the Muslim nations of the world. Amen. What's happening? Jesus told us what the signs of the end would be, and we are living in the last of those days. God help us. I don't have time to get into what that war is going to produce. I wish that I did. But I'm running out of time this morning. Amen. He said that there would be spiritual signs. We see them. There would be social signs. We see them. But he went on to say there would be scientific signs. You want to trust the signs? You want to trust the science? Well, here they are. Matthew 24 and 7. There should be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in divers' places. The earth this morning is in travail. Earthquakes in divers places. In the last days, Jesus said that they're going to be in divers, which means deep and in multiple places. Amen. In 1900, I've shared this before, but it bears repeating. In 1900, when the seismograph was invented, it registered seismic activities of earthquakes across the land. In the first year of its operation, it recorded Two earthquakes in the year 1900. Right now, on average, we are averaging over 20,000 earthquakes a year, which if you break that down, is broken down to 55 earthquakes per day. Jesus said in the last day, there's going to be earthquakes and in divers in multiple places. And where two was recorded in the first year of the seismograph, now it's registering 55 per day on average. What's happening? The earth is in travail. The earth is groaning, but the word of God is being fulfilled. Scientifically, we have proof that the end of the age is upon us. Pestilences. All over the earth, do I even have to mention the word COVID? Come on, I better be careful or they'll shut our live stream down just for saying the word. But a disease birthed in a science lab, scientifically, birthed in a lab in Wuhan, China, is still ravaging the world. I looked up the figures as of Friday. Within the last seven days, fifteen thousand confirmed. Cases has been added to the registry within the last seven days. Over 771 million confirmed cases of COVID have taken place since 2019. Tail end of 2019. Of those, it has resulted in over 7 million deaths across this world. Amen. I, I don't have time to get into the other pestilences and I'm not going to strike fear on you. What the World Health Organization says is, could possibly come in the next year to two years. That would make COVID look like the light case of the flu. But you hear me. It shouldn't strike fear in your heart. Right. Amen. It should let you know just how close we are to the end of this thing. Right. Amen. Pestilences all across the world. Uh, famines uh, is what the word of God says. That word famine means. Uh, a famine or A a place of increased hunger. I looked this up. The World Health Organization right now says the world is facing a hunger crisis of unprecedented proportions. In just two years, the number of facing or at risk of acute food insecurity increased from 135 million in 53 countries pre-pandemic to 345 million. In 79 countries in 2023. Amen. Over a three times increase of what they experienced pre COVID to right now. There's people in this world that's literally starving to death. Amen. We're blessed. We get to ask the question what we want to eat, not if we get to eat. We get to ask the question, Amen, what fast food do I want? What sit down restaurant do I want? There's 345 million. And, uh, that starving that would give the right arm uh, to trade places with you uh, to just have a, a day of satisfaction uh, and having enough food to eat. Uh, Brother uh, Harold Hanks uh, was preaching in Kenya preached that conference uh, and he, uh, he he took all of the preachers out to eat uh, furnished him a place to eat and the, the the one of the pastors came to him uh, and said uh, brother Hanks uh, how much food do I get uh, he said get as much food as you want he said you mean uh, that I can order as much as I want uh, he said yeah eat till you get full uh, he said that pastor uh, had tears flowing down his eyes uh, he said brother Hanks uh, it's been two years uh, since I've eaten uh, until I was full God help us. Uh, this world, uh, Amen. Is starving, uh, Amen. And it is just a sign uh, that Jesus said would happen, Amen. In Haiti, forty-four percent of the population is experiencing the crisis or emergency of hunger uh, right now. Uh, I've already shared with you in Cuba the rationing rice uh, to where a person with a government ID card uh, can only get three pounds of rice uh, per month. Uh, Oh, God help us. uh, In the Sahara region, uh, millions uh, are experiencing food insecurity right now. uh, In the Horn of Africa, Ethiopia, Kenya, and Somalia because of the drought, conflict, and high food prices, Uh, 32 million uh, are projected to face acute food insecurity in Sudan. In Guatemala, it's not just one country. It's not just one region of the world, but from South America to the Caribbean, to Africa, to Europe, because of the, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Ukraine has long been known as the grain basket of all of Europe. When Russia came in, what did they do? They shut down Ukraine's wheat and grain exports. They just started opening that... Pathway uh, earlier to uh, just within the past couple of months, uh, but it's resulted uh, in millions in Europe going hungry. What is it? It's just another sign showing just how close we are to the end. Scientific technology advancing to Matthew 24, verse 14. The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end shall come. You hear this preacher. Facebook and Instagram, TikTok, it's been one of the worst inventions to rob the mind of the people. You hear me? But can I tell you, when it's used the right way, there's never been a tool greater to get the gospel out. Right now, by way of that computer and that live stream, there's pastors in India listening to me preach. There's pastors in Pakistan, amen, in Kenya, in Cuba in the Philippines, amen, the, 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 the Times Square Church. Yeah. Brother Tim Delina. right now, I think there are, what, 150 countries Around the world Something like that uh, Just logging in To their global prayer meetings uh, Amen uh, What What is it? Uh, it's the word of God Being fulfilled uh, Amen I know we are in a great Falling away I know uh, That the world uh, Many is turning their back uh, But the gospel Is getting out there To those that want it uh, And those that are hungry for it uh, The gospel is being preached All around the world uh, In places I'll never step my foot on uh, You'll never step your foot on But because of technology uh, Matthew 24 14 uh, is being fulfilled. Uh, another sign scientifically uh, because of scientific advancements uh, that's getting the gospel out. Amen. So I've dealt with your signs. I'm hurrying. Kirsten, come help me. I'm done. We can see through the Word of God. I'm not here to try to fit a square peg into a round hole. I'm giving you the Word of God uh, and I'm drawing parallels of where we are to it. Uh, amen. But Peter said this in 1 Peter 4 and 7 what should the church do? What should be our response? We've acknowledged the fact of where we are, but how should we act? Peter gave us that answer. He said the end of all things is at hand. We've acknowledged that. We're there. That was 2,000 years ago. How much closer should we be today? But he said three things. He said, be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. He said there's three things the church should be doing. We should be sobering up, we should be looking up, and we should be praying up. Sobering up. That word to sober up means to come back into a state of sound mind. It literally means to become sane again. I can tell you there's many in this world that's walking around insane. But Peter warned him. He said, shake yourself. Wake yourself. Wake up. Sober up. Get into the right state of mind. Amen. Uh, First Thessalonians, Paul wrote. He said, "Ye are the children of light, and of the children of the day. We are not of night nor of darkness. Let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep in the night, and they that be drunken or drunken in the night, but let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of righteousness and of love, and for an helmet uh, the hope of salvation." Twelve times uh, in your King James version of the Bible does God give commandments to the church to be sober. He didn't just say it one time. He didn't just say it 12 or two, but 12 times. Uh, he had to shake the church uh, and admonish them, sober up, wake up. You're not as the children of the darkness. Amen. I you're not as the children of the night that's drunk and walking around in a stupor. But you've been born from above. You're children of light. Sober up. Come back to your right state of mind. Amen. I if he had to warn that New Testament church 12 times. Amen. I how much more should preachers of this hour be warned in the body of Christ to wake yourself. Shake yourself. Sober up. Amen. I sober back up. God. The end is upon us Sober up Look up Amen. For the grace of God that brings salvation to all men. Teaching us that denying ungodly and worldly lust. We should live soberly there it is again. Righteously and godly in this present world looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Oh God help us. Hebrews 12 verse 2 tells us that we should be looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of the faith. Amen. He says to them that are looking for Him, shall He appear the second time without sin unto salvation. I'm going to make a very harsh statement and I don't want anybody to fall out with me. But it's true nonetheless. If you're not looking for Jesus in the clouds, then you're not going with Him in the clouds. To them uh, that are looking for him, uh, shall he appear without sin and salvation? Uh, many are looking to Israel. Uh, amen. I'm trying to follow it closely to find out what's going on. But you hear me. Uh, my eyes are not on Israel. Uh, my eyes are on the clouds. Uh, my ear is not in tune to just what's happening there. Uh, oh, but I'm listening for the trump of God. Uh, and I'm expecting any day uh, for 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to be fulfilled that there is coming a day uh, when he's going to step out on the clouds of glory, uh, amen, that there's going to be a trumpet sound uh, and the dead in Christ are going to rise first uh, Then we which are alive and remain uh, shall be caught up together with him in the clouds uh, and so shall we ever be uh, with the Lord, uh, amen, it's time to fasten your eyes uh, on the clouds uh, it's time to fasten your eyes uh, not on things below uh, but on things that have have been burnt from above uh, for those that are looking for him uh, shall he appear shall appear In my grace, I have sent you yet another warning this day of just how close my appearing is. As at other times, it's been taken lightly. It's been rejected. But you hear me this day, my coming is soon. Sober up. Wake up from your sleep. And look unto me, the author and the finisher, The faith, have I not told you, I am coming. Have I not told you, then my return is soon. Then take me at my word this day. Don't look to the left, nor to the right. Don't turn aside, don't turn around. But fasten your eyes upon me. If you will but draw nigh unto me, I will draw nigh unto you. But hear me this day, saith God, Time is fading. Time is fading. My return is very soon. You are living very closely to the last day, saith the Lord. God help us. God help us. God send in the church. And another warning, another message. What's he doing by his spirit? He's confirming his word. Letting us know that his grace has still been extended this day. If you're here, you're lost. I'd run to this altar right now. You're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised another church service. You're not promised another opportunity. But God today in his grace is extending his hand unto you. It's time to sober up. It's time to look up. It's time to pray up. To make your calling and your election sure. Amen, if you'll stand with me all over the building. Amen, if you're here this morning. Amen, this is, again, I normally don't do this, but if you hear all heads about, if you hear you're lost, and you know you're lost, and you know you're not where you need to be with God, Amen, but you want to be saved. You want to make your call in your election Sure. You want to make things right with you and God. Very quickly, just lift up your hand right where you are. God sees. God sees that hand. Amen, very quickly. Very quickly. The end of all things is upon us. God sees. Yes, God knows. Amen, by way of live stream, right where you are. Amen, you can call upon the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, there's some in this house. There's more in this house. that need to make things right with God. Amen. There's more that need to sober up. Amen. Amen. You're here and you don't want to raise it, And I'm opening up the altar to everybody. Amen. I want you to slip out of your pew right where you are. Come with these. Amen. Come with these that want to pray this morning. But make things right. Amen. In this altar, sober up. Look up. Pray up. Take advantage of the opportunity that God has granted us. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, to the church. Shake yourself from deception. Shake yourself from worldly loose living. Shake yourself from, oh, God, iniquity. Oh, my God, my God, my God. Come on, church, let's pray this morning.